Hey everybody, welcome to the Chamber Channel's Five Questions podcast. This is the place where we take a deep dive with industry leaders for an inside look at their world and how they can make a difference in yours. Hilton Head Island's Mitchellville is the first Freedman's Village that was established during the Civil War. And it's a cornerstone of Gullah culture that's been preserved for generations. In honor of the town of Hilton Head Island's 360-40 celebration, we have Mitchellville Freedom Park's Executive Director Ahmad Ward in the studio to talk about the latest developments for Mitchellville. Let's listen. There's so much going on, Ahmad, with Mitchellville. Tell us the latest and greatest. We see great things happening and just give us the update. Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. Uh, we are in a really, really uh, incredible space with Historic Mitchellville Freedom Park. Uh, I like to refer to this as the sausage making year to my staff and the board. Uh, you know, nobody wants to see it being made, but everybody wants to eat it after it's done. Uh, so that's where we are. But in that mix, it has been an incredible 2023. Uh, we probably had taken in about $4.4 million at the start of the year. That's incredible. I know yeah. that locally the Watterson Family Foundation was part of that, the Absolutely. Mellon Foundation. You guys have done Absolutely. a phenomenal job in, in, in garnering some phenomenal money coming yes, in to yes. help you with this project. Special thanks to the Watterson Brands, uh, Watterson Family Foundation for a $1 million commitment. Uh, we were able to receive uh, $2.5 million from uh, the Mellon Foundation to go towards our classroom slash archaeological building lab, which would be right off Beach City Road. This is a 4,000 square foot space and we'll be able to do programs with uh, people inside and also when we do our excavations, we can do processing right on site after this is happening. So we would be like the only lab in this area. Um, so we are, are hopeful that as we continue to do all of this good work there, because it's still probably about 10 years worth of archaeology that can happen on our little 36 acre site, uh, that we'd be able to do all of these things right there, have some storage capabilities, um, work on our Freedom Plaza area. This is also part of the Mellon Foundation uh, money. We are. We found a couple of years ago a brick heart that we thought had been taken out, but it's still there. That's the only standing structure from the Mitchville time period. Uh, it is currently buried under dirt <laughs> in the middle of the loop. We want to keep it that way for right now. Um, but we plan on interpreting that as, um, as cleanly as we can uh, and also protect the resource because we can't have people touching step stepping on it so we've gone back and forth for how that's going to look but i think we've come up with some good designs and in that section we are looking to secure a boulder from sierra leone uh, because we know that the majority of people who have been on the south carolina coastline came from west africa uh, most notably sierra leone and angola because they already knew how to cultivate rice and so that's why they were taken and brought over here and so their descendants of those people have this connection to Sierra Leone and Angola. And there's been several pilgrimages from this area to go to Sierra Leone and try to trace uh, the lineage. And so we wanna get a piece of that space to put in the park so that people can touch it. Maybe some of these uh, descendants and, and other people who are just visiting may never get a chance to go to Africa, but they can touch a piece of Africa. Uh, that would be important to us. We're looking at a a boulder from the Kabbalah mountain in the old Gala region. And from this mountain, Sierra Leone has fought off enslavers for almost two centuries. And so it has deep 
deep resonance for the ideas of freedom and what better place than where freedom began in historic Mitchell Freedom Park. So. so, so meaningful. What a, what a meaningful addition to the park. And let's talk, you and I talk about this a lot and we work uh, frequently with everything related to the park. I can tell you that whether I'm interacting with, with media and journalists or producers, they are always blown away by the story of Mitchellville. The fact that those enslaved were actually granted emancipation here prior to the Emancipation Proclamation. For those of our listeners who don't have an understanding, give a, give the capsule, give the elevator uh, a explanation of what it's all about. So Mitchellville is the first town of self-governing formerly enslaved people in the United States, founded on Hilton Head Island in 1862. Uh, after the Battle of Port Royal in 1861, this area was freed and put under Union control. Uh, I did not find out until I came here uh, six years ago that this was the Department of the South of the Union Army. So there were 30 to 40,000 Union troops here. So when the word went out that it had happened, enslaved populations around the area knew if they make it to Hilton Head, they'd be free. And so that's exactly what happened. And so this influx of people caused uh, an overcrowding issue for the Union Army. They tried to figure out ways to, to make it happen. And so David Hunter, who was the original commander, tried to create the colored troops. He was a little ahead of his time. Uh, he didn't have quite the power to do that. It became a little bit of a thing, and he had got reassigned. Then came Ormsby Mitchell, who saw the lay of the land, was a general, an astronomer, and an abolitionist, and uh, saw an opportunity to maybe convince people who weren't for slavery but didn't really want to take care of these influx of people that if given the opportunity, these folks could stand on their own and be self-sufficient. So they gave them two to 300 acres of property on the old Drayton Plantation, said, this is your land, you build on it, you grow on it. They gave each family a quarter acre of a lot. Uh, this was the site of the first mandatory school system in the state of South Carolina. So every child between the age of six to 15 had to go to school here. So they had schools, churches, businesses. Um, and this is getting started two months before the Emancipation Proclamation. So in the state that started the Civil War, during the Civil War, during enslavement, you get this community of freed people and that wasn't supposed to happen. Now, I have heard the story as well that um, at the time, uh, President Lincoln was invited to come down and chose not to come yeah. and went to a theater instead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, one of the many famous people who visited Mitchellville, William Lloyd Garrison, who was the foremost abolitionist at the time besides Frederick Douglass, uh, was doing a tour of the South. This is near the end of the war. And they wanted to commemorate this at Fort Sumter. But on his way from Savannah coming back up, well, one thing, he did invite the president to come down on this tour with him because uh, he wanted to see this freedman town that he'd been hearing about. And who knows, if Lincoln had come on that trip, maybe he doesn't end up at the theater and history could have been changed. He could have been visiting Mitchellville. Um, we'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, you know, we talked about the sausage being made. Let's yeah. talk about the sausage a little bit. What 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 can we expect in the next 12 to 24 months in terms of the physical space of Mitchellville? Great question. Uh, I am very excited that we are in the middle of design work and fabrication for some elements of the park right now. And so hopefully, hopefully by December, we have some things going into the ground. Uh, we have to work through some permits and some things, uh, you know, it's always red tape. Uh, but we got $1.2 million from the state of South Carolina in January of this year. And that money is going towards construction of ghosted structures of the home. So we know exactly where the homes were on the property. Uh, 
So there'll be the frameworks of the homes, but the doors and some of the windows will have information panels on them. And we're lining them up in their historic locations, or at least close as we can. Uh, and the church reflection area. And so through archaeology, we're about 85% sure we've located one of the churches. And this is without foundations. Everything was above piers. So this is ground penetrating radar, uh, magnetometry, resistivity, and other names I can't pronounce well. Uh, we know where a church is. We don't know which church it is. And so the, initially, we were just going to build the church. And then through research, we found out that there was a 4,000-year-old indigenous imprint in that same area. So this reflection area is going to talk about the importance of the church, how that was uh, the courthouse, the town hall. That was the main uh, area of where business happened in Mitchellville, but also this indigenous imprint that dates back to archaic time frames. Uh, and so there'll be a core sample that will come about six feet out of the ground in this space is, And you'll be able to go down and look at three or so feet. That's Mitchellville. You go down a little further. This is archaic situation. We want people to see the kind of things that are being found when you go into the earth uh, and have a seat wall that has indigenous iconography from various nations that are here. Um, the ones that are recognized by the state are the Wasamasa, the Edisonatches Kuso, the Gataba. We don't exactly know which one, but we'll try to uh, respectfully uh, integrate information about this in that area and, and talk about why these things are so important together. Now, there's a little little museum that just went up the road in Charleston. <laughs> the International African American Museum has got a lot of a lot of publicity, a, a lot of attention. Do you feel that that going in has the potential to also increase interest in Mitchellville in the Gullah culture of Hilton Head? I know there's a a, a exhibit there on Gullah culture. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I I've been in the museum field for almost 25 years, and it's never been about competition for me. It's always about collaboration. And so the good people at I Am, as their uh, nickname, have done a really great job with that facility. Dr. Tanya Matthews is doing good work there. And we've already talked about how we can collaborate to move forward to make sure that everybody comes to this area. Between Charleston and Savannah, there's roughly 500 years of history. And so for the smaller um, organizations that are in that thoroughfare, we want to make sure that we're collaborating to make sure when people come to this area, they do all the things. And so that weekend trip to Charleston turns into a whole week trip to everything that's around here. So they go to the Buford Reconstruction Area Monument. They come to Hilton Head and do the Gullah Heritage Trail tours and come to Mitchellville. They go to Savannah to the Owens Thomas uh, House of Slave Quarters. We want to give people a large view of South Carolina history because it's one of the most historic states that we have in the union. And so we look, we're looking at a fruitful relationship with them. Uh, they have a lot of people coming through there and that can only trickle down to us. And so we're excited about what they're doing. Uh, and we look forward to this helping all of us uh, come up as we move forward. When you think of uh, Mitchellville in five years from now, 10 years from now, what's your hope for that? What do you hope when we walk out of our cars and walk on to the, to the grounds of Mitchell, what do you want people to experience, Ahmad? I want people to see the importance of what these folks did at a time where they were considered less than nothing. 
that it went from being property to owning property. We want people to understand that this is a landmark space in American history. And as they walk through the interpreter center, which would be built by that point, and get all of this history and view the grounds and see the church and the garden where you can see how things were grown and the general store, which we're going to build and, and all the wayfinding and explanations about what this was, uh, what this meant to people. Uh, when you're talking about freedom, democracy, citizenship, and opportunity. We want people to come, obviously. There's the whole, hey, come and check us out, pay the admissions, you know, all the business stuff. But what I would like to see is folks who maybe don't see opportunity and hope in their regular situations, like every day, they come to a site like Historic Mitchell Freedom Park, understand what these people went through, the willpower, the determination to push forward through harsh uh, situations and to maintain this culture over 160 years and say, if these people can do it, then so can I. And so we want people to be inspired by what happens here and be driven to do better and be better. So that's our unwritten goal for Historic Mitchell Freedom Park. That's a pretty great goal. I think so. Yeah, it, it, what, what the experience leaves you with, what you take off the grounds after the experience, is that's, that's pretty moving. Um, I think people often forget, too, that you guys have gotten really good at celebrating, celebrating events. Look at Juneteenth, uh, yeah, that, that cool. celebration that you had. I know you've also got um, a Blues and Barbecue Festival coming up in September. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Tell us what's happening there and the well, gatherings that are happening. Normally that fundraiser takes place in March, uh, but we had a little, little weather situation in March this year, so we pushed it back That's September, September the 9th. And uh, it is an edutainment situation. Right. Or you want people to have fun. Uh, we'll have some great music, Keanu Par Parlor uh, from Ranky Tanky. And uh, we have a barbecue cook off. And, you know, there's going to be great food, great music, good time. Obviously, we have a, a, a cause that we're moving for. We want to raise some money. Um, and this year, our targets are an archaeological survey of the parcels that we just picked up last year from the town and the county. So we had about 3.3 additional acres and they need to be surveyed so we can do things on that site. And also uh, the, uh, the implementation of the, of the garden that's going to go into the full site. We want to uh, show people the kind of things that were being grown during Mitchellville's time frame, which is, uh, you know, it wasn't the greatest soil in the world over there, but they made it happen. <laughs> so white peas, okra, tomatoes, sweet potatoes, things of that nature. And anything that's grown, we will be working with local horticultural groups to, to manage that because I do ha not have a green thumb. So we will not get in the way of that. We'll bring in the experts to do that. And anything that's grown will be donated to charities around the area, such as Deep Well and other places, because we just want people to see um, what we have to offer and make sure we can do a give back whenever possible. And so uh, besides that, we have our forum, which we always do our anniversary forum, either the end of October, the first part of November, because that coincides with the, the implementation of Mitchellville in 1862. This year we're doing a film festival around resilience and, and resistance. And so uh, we'll be at the Clayton Theater having a two-day situation there. Um, and also our holiday nights and lights which is the first weekend in December. So where, popular. Oh, yeah. It's been, uh, we, we average roughly around 25 to 2,600 people 
uh, every time we do this. is a three-day situation, only two hours a day. We light up the park, and uh, we always come up with it. We got, got a cool little theme coming. I can't go into detail yet, but we got something new happening this year uh, with, the, with the lighting. It started out of COVID, just trying to find a way to get people together and enjoy some lights when they couldn't be around each other. And now it's a thing that we, we can't stop doing. It is our, our biggest like event as far as the, the people that come to see it. And so, and of course, Freedom Day is in February, the first weekend in February, where we celebrate freedom. And we do this in conjunction with the Gullah celebration that happens with NIPCA. So we try to do these big five or so things like Juneteenth, you already mentioned. And then through the course of the year, we always offer guided tours on Tuesdays at 10, but you can always call and ask for a tour as well. Just give us a little bit of notice and have about eight to 10 people. Um, we want to make sure people have good experiences in the park. They come and see us, understand what we're trying to build there. And very soon they'll come in and actually see structures coming out of the ground. So we're excited about that. Well, we encourage all of our listeners to head out. If you haven't been to Mitchellville in a while, it's always a phenomenal experience outside of the events. Just the site itself is is really mesmerizing. So thanks for all you do for the leadership of that. And we look forward to watching the sausage being made. Oh, yeah. We're going to enjoy that sausage real soon. <laughs> thanks, Ahmad. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. The podcast continues to grow and never miss an episode of our five questions podcast by subscribing to the chamber channel on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a moment to download, subscribe, and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people.